Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into American Animals in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of today's episode, uh... Just wanted to say, um, I know it feels like very little time has passed, but I am going to be gone for another two-week period uh, at the beginning of July. So this episode is coming out June 27th, which is a Wednesday. I leave the following Monday, which is July 2nd. Um, unlike my trip to Brazil, uh, I will be able to take my recording equipment with me on this trip, but I'm not entirely sure how much time I will have to record any episodes while I'm away. So, in preparation for this, I have already begun taking steps toward uh, compiling some episodes to release while I'm gone in the event that I don't have the time, and Many of them are actually going to feature guests on those shows. Uh, I reached out to some some friends and colleagues in the Fantasy Movie League uh, arena and have gotten some pretty pretty great responses. And so um, at least three uh, episodes to be released uh, during this period of vacation... Uh, will have feature guests on them. Um, those are the ones that I have hard scheduled times for so far. Uh, there are a couple of others I'm working on on finalizing as of right now. So it uh, could be even more. It could be up to six episodes um, that feature guests on them, which is really exciting. Um, some uh, Some of those guests are people who have never been on a podcast before. Some of them have had their own podcasts, uh, or just very familiar with it, um, and it's it's a wide range of, of people, which is which is really exciting and really fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the fact that I'm recording all of them pretty much this week, though, uh, hampers the range of topics. Uh, at least I thought it was going to. Uh, you know, there's going to be a second Jurassic World episode that I'm going to do, but on the other hand. Um, I'm trying to give my guests uh, as much leeway as I possibly can as far as picking the topics and uh, giving me something different from from what I am doing otherwise because it feels like I've done a lot of review episodes lately. Um, Friday's episode is likely going to be a review episode as well. And uh, they're really just, you know, even Jurassic World, like Jurassic World didn't really have a big enough recognizable cast to do a statistics episode for. Uh, Incredibles 2 kind of did, but I, I had passed that by already, so I, I didn't do that f- for that either. Uh, but so so in that respect, um, a lot of these episodes won't necessarily be review episodes, uh, which will be which will be good. Um, there will be a couple of episodes that are just me though, sprinkled throughout. Uh, I will be able to record my top ten. Um, new June movies episode before I leave, uh, as well as a top 10 1920s born actors episode. As um, So both of those will be uh, put out during my vacation, which will start next Monday. Uh, so next Monday's episode will have been 
I'll, I'll I'll be on I'll be on the train almost home by the time Monday's episode comes out, and then I'll be getting back two went two Mondays after that. So uh, I was, it, it, I, which I didn't even realize because we were supposed to come back Sunday, so I'd have time to record Monday's episode. But now we're gonna come back Monday, so I won't have time to record Monday's episode at that point. So I'm seven episodes I gotta fill in the gaps for, and I've got five on the slate. So. Uh, it's coming together, and um, we're gonna we're gonna make this work. Um, I refuse to miss another day of episodes. So that is kind of the slate. That is the schedule. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm moving toward. That's what I'm looking at going forward. And uh, I hope that it's um, pleasing to the ear, at the very least. Uh, so, that being said, uh, let's move into the actual focus of today's episode, which is the new 2018 film directed by Bart Layton, American Animals, starring the acting talents of Evan Peters, Barry Keoghan, Blake Jenner, Jared Abrahamson, Ann Dowd, and Udo Kier, among others. Bart Layton, uh, this is only... According to Letterboxd, only the second film he's ever directed. Uh, I've seen the other film, uh, which is The Imposter, which is a documentary from 2012 that I think is pretty fantastic. Uh, it is um, really, really a, a, a moving movie and, and one that's tough to, to come to grips with. Uh, the documentary centers around a Spanish man from Spain who... Uh, impersonates a Texas family's son uh, who has been missing, and it's it's real. You gotta, it's it's almost impossible to believe and and to wrap your head around. But it is a brilliant, brilliant documentary. American Animals is not exactly a, a documentary. It, it it is a heist movie uh, featuring four college students. Uh, who live in Kentucky, and uh, they happen. One of them happens upon uh, this this library at the school that he goes to, Transylvania University. And Ann Dowd, who plays the librarian, is showing around a group of students and is talking about these books that they have, which are incredibly valuable, millions and millions of dollars. Uh, in books that are there, and um, t- you know, multiple characters in the movie question the um, expensiveness of these books. But to you know, as it's kind of explained, to put it in a better way, it's m- less like a book and more like a collection of paintings, in a sense. Uh, at least for the principal book that that um, features in the film, although there are plenty of other smaller tertiary books that that make an appearance as well but the 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 kind of uh hook of this film and supposedly none of this aspect of things is shown in the trailer so uh, this isn't really a spoiler because this is how the movie is presented but if you have only seen the trailer um this might change your opinion of whether you want to see it or not but the film is intercut with interviews with the actual people who played, who, who took part in this, uh, in this event. So uh, Evan Peters, Barry Keegan, 
Blake Jenner, Jared Abrahamson play Spencer Reinhard, Warren Lipka, Eric Borsick, and Chaz Allen. Uh, I said that in the wrong order. <laughs> Evan Peters plays Warren Lipka, Barry Keoghan plays Spencer Reinhard, Ch- uh, Blake Jenner plays Chaz Allen, and Jared Abrahamson plays Eric Borsick. And the real Lipka, Reinhard, Allen, and Borsick are interviewed throughout the film. So when we meet, so so for example, you will see a conversation taking place between Peters and Keoghan during the film, during the f- fictional dramatized version of it. But then we will intercut that with interviews and and um, talking head elements of the actual Warren Lipka and Spencer Reinhardt talking about what that scene was for them in real life. Which, at first, uh, I think it doesn't come off this way, but I think you you when you see it, you get the impression that it's going to be pretty clunky. You know, when you're you're trying to juxtapose real events with um, dramatized versions of these events, you know, you don't want to sort of collapse, you don't want the sort of foundation of your film to collapse in on itself and either have one aspect of the two kind of diminish the other or, you know, be it, have, have things be too rep- repetitive or or... Uh, you know, if if there's too much conflict between what you're seeing and what you're being told happened, uh, there's a lot of different ways that this format can unravel upon itself. But uh, credit to Bart Layton, you know, obviously he was he's been a documentarian. He has he had great success making The Imposter, and he does a fantastic job uh, balancing the two sides of American animals. Um, by not only injecting the film with a lot of humor in this way, uh, as two, maybe two of the real actor, real people uh, kind of describe the same exact moment from two different perspectives in a different way, and then we get to see that play out in, in the dramatized version, uh, um, or by you know in, introducing like an unreliability to what was really happening. Um, but also showing the real hard-hitting emotion that um, the, that really affected these these gentlemen, and it's tough because you watch the dramatized version of these scenes play out, and you get to see these actors um, showcase their talents for the um, for what they feel and and how their their characters are reacting to these things that are taking place uh, for good or bad. And then you also get to see the same exact thing with the actual people that were there and are remembering what happened 15 years ago or so. And it's striking how uh, it it doesn't, you know, you could you could even be you could even accuse them of kind of putting on a show, uh, as my girlfriend did, uh, with one in one instance. Whereas for me, I felt they were all showing great remorse for for the events that took place. But how can you? That's that's part of what makes this so interesting is because how can you really tell? Because you're watching the the people, you're watching the events that took place. You're watching the heist go down. You're watching the circumstances that revolved around that heist before and after and during. And you're seeing actors portraying this moment, 
and you know that obviously these actors never really committed the heist and whatnot. Uh, they didn't do any of the things that really happened. And because of the unreliability that, that Leighton is able to inject uh, through the real people involved in what took place, their reactions are also kind of met with a similar amount of scrutiny because they know they're being filmed. Uh, they know what this, presumably they know what the movie was about. I'm not sure exactly how much information they were given uh, before the interview, but <clears throat> you also end up with this feeling that how much of what they're expressing, how many, how many of their tears that they cry are genuine, how many of them are being put on for you, the viewer, and the sort of fakeness of the dramatized aspect uh, really plays well with the uncertainty of the real interviews with the with the real people. Um, that being said, uh, that so like that that just the format of it, I was not prepared for because I didn't have any clue what was going on. My girlfriend, who had only seen the trailers, said that she had no idea that that format was going to happen, and she was very put off by it at first, but grew to appreciate it over time. I was totally on board with it from the beginning. I, I loved this format. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it plays out very similar to similarly to like Itania. You know, you've except instead of having the actors giving the interviews, you would have the real people giving the interviews. And it ends up being it ends up coming across as uh just uh, just a very compelling, high energy, uh, most of the time funny, but also turns on a dime and becomes incredibly dramatic and, and filled with tension. Uh, it's very stylish. You know, Leighton is really showing off some, some directorial techniques and, and flares that I think do pay off most of the time. <clears throat> uh, you, you really get this sense that he uh, it almost feels as though you know Leighton approached this story with with this this mindset that uh, he wants it to be sort of the opposite of a lot of these Hollywood heist movies because it is the opposite you know I don't I don't know how many heist movies are based on real events, and I, I'm not sure if I've seen any of them, but American Animals is a true story, and at one point you have these characters watching heist movies to kind of get an idea of what they should do and what they should be on the lookout for and how it's going to go down and uh, planning and, and setting up the, the strategy. And, you know, we have the camera pan across, like, a couple dozen different heist movies. And the one that struck me most was Rafifi. Uh, Rafifi is a heist movie that kind of its claim to fame is it's... There's about a 30 to 40 minute sequence in the film with no dialogue and almost no sound where the thieves are performing the heist. And it's it's clockwork. It is so picture perfect, uh, and and you see you know the five or so of them, you know break into this house and and steal these things, and it it kind of 
you know, it doesn't, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, obviously no heist can ever really be perfect as you plan it. No matter how hard you try, there's always going to be one or two snags at the very least. And, you know, even, even in Rafifi, this, this is, this, this, this is the case. So, you know, I, I think one of the, the only thing I can really remember from the sequence that happens like that, I think there's a wardrobe that actually starts to fall uh, and they have to like catch it and and they take turns kind of holding it up uh, so that it doesn't fall and, and things like that. It's very heavy and, um, you know, so like that was not planned. They didn't expect that to happen and then they had to kind of work around it and work with it. In American Animals, when we get to the actual heist, uh, this is a movie where, you know, I, I was not aware of this this story prior to the film. I didn't know that this had ever happened. You know, I was I know, in in my preteens uh, when this event took place. It happened in Kentucky. I've never been to Kentucky, so it, it was kind of a little bit outside of my purview. And I'm not really sure how big of an incident it was, even at the time, uh, you know. But what strikes me is uh, that this is a, a heist that doesn't really ever go smoothly. Um, which is fascinating, because I think we've seen so many heists, like you look at Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Eight, just recently in theaters, um, you know, where, where the heist... Uh, maybe doesn't go perfectly, but it goes smoothly. And especially when you rewind and look at it from, in hindsight, after the fact, uh, which Ocean's 8 and Ocean's 11 both do, it was always working as it was supposed to. It was always achieving the things it needed to get done. And, you know, American Animals is never at, at all like that. You know, at, even in this, even in the planning process... Uh, you know, you constantly <clears throat> have have these. You know, it starts out with just Evan Peters and Barry Keegan, and at one eventually they get to the point where like, look, we don't have enough people, so we have to bring somebody else in, and so they add in Jared Abrahamson's character, and like five minutes, uh, not even five minutes of screen time for Abrahamson later, and he's like, well, you know, obviously you can't do it this way, obviously you can't do it this way, and so he adds in like. You, you introduce this third guy, and all of a sudden, the entire plan has to change because he recognized something that the other two had no clue about. And then the same thing happens with the fourth character, you know, the fourth guy, and then he brings in something, and then all of a sudden, the entire plan has to be rewritten again. And even once they've got all four of them, and they're starting to plan things, and they're doing the recon, and they're, you know, accounting for this mistake and, and this problem and, and and this question mark it's all constantly it, it as as competent as these guys seem they're constantly being met with these obstacles that just just throw them completely off their game and this old and and this that ends up kind of resulting in a film that feels like it's giving you blue balls you know it feels like it's building up all this an anticipation it's building up uh all this all this drama and, and pushing you closer and closer to the precipice closer and closer to the edge and you get further and further along and finally finally when you're going to feel that release when you're going to you know have pop that balloon it doesn't burst it just kind of fizzles 
And that's that is that is great subversion of of expectations, and I think does it shows that Leighton has a has great control over the tone and the reaction that he's eliciting from his audience, and uh, that is is fantastic. That I think he does a fantastic job with. Uh, that's, that's about it before the spoilers. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of spoilers because I do really want to talk about the ending of this film. Um, before I do that, just to mention, um, the current Circle of Film Award nominations that this gets, uh, Picture, it slides into Picture, uh, knocking out Annihilation for the first time. Uh, it, it slides into Director for Bart Layton which knocks out Ryan Coogler for Black Panther, which is the f- second category that Black Panther loses a nomination in after special effects, uh, though Black Panther still has 10 nominations and leads this year. Uh, two supporting nominations. So I wanted to, I couldn't really distinguish anybody as a lead character. Um, if if it's anyone, it's Barry Keegan. But because of the nature of this film and how it's constantly to cut with the real actors and how it's really just a group effort for most of this movie, um, I, I relegated everybody to a supporting actor. So Barry Keegan and Evan Peters both make it into my best supporting list for the moment. Um, and Because and, they're both great. And, and especially... Uh, mid during the heist, uh, I think they give fantastic performances, and uh, I really did love them in it. Uh, additionally, screenplay, uh, which also goes to Bart Layton, who wrote it by himself, uh, he gets in sc- for screenplay. And lastly, special effects. Um, the the editing and cinematography of the film cinematography of the film are fantastic. Uh, there aren't really visual effects to speak of. Um, there are a few, but nothing that's really going to stick out. And uh, not really any animation either. But the editing, you know, the editing is kind of the m- most pivotal part of the movie when you have to, you know, constantly shift between what's being shown to us as the film and what's being shown to us through the actors or, or through the, the, the real people talking about what was happening and you've not only got to edit the visual elements of that you know you often have uh, the real person narrating over top of the fictionalized version of that event and it, it just you know just like it's it kind of the same exact thing with Itania. if you can't edit that movie it, it all kind of falls apart and um, the editing team on this on American Animals did a fantastic job because I never I never felt like I was out of the loop or or unable to keep up with what was going on. It, it always felt very, very on point. So those all combined to be six nominations currently for American Animals. I scored it an 83 uh, for the moment. And uh, yeah, that's it for my spoiler-free part of the review of American Animals. Uh, You can stick with me after the spoiler bumper uh, if you want to hear the spoilers, uh, if you've seen the movie, if you have no intention of seeing the movie, or if spoilers don't matter to you. Uh, So, yeah. Spoilers, right now. Any path 
so many worth exploring just one would be so boring and look what you're ignoring the first thing i want to address is the movie starts out with the uh, thieves putting on the makeup uh, and the old the old man makeup uh, which is which i love i thought that was a great opening and then the movie and, and so what what i love about this is that the movie then flashes back a year and a half before this and builds up to the day of the heist and you know the day of the heist comes they're all in the makeup they all it all works out they all get there they're in their positions the makeup looks great nobody suspects anything evan peter's character goes up to the second floor to go to do have his um he, he schedules an appointment to go see the books and whatnot. Gets up there, and they are, they've planned this whole thing for like a year and a half around the idea that there's one librarian, played by Ann Dowd. He turns the corner at the top of the steps, and there are four librarians, including Ann Dowd, in the room. And all of a sudden, the plan is off. He aborts, they all go out, they run away, and uh, they scrap the plan. Which is insane to me. I, I watched this whole sequence and I was just like, that's that's crazy. You open <clears throat> with the promise of a heist. You flash back. You build us up. You do all these nifty tricks and we see the real people and, and we get the plan and, and it's all perfect. And we get to the day. He even has a title card, the day of the heist. And it doesn't happen. Which... I was at first thinking, so 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 the whole time when you're watching these real people, you're thinking, okay, so is the situation A, that especially once this, this happens, when the, the heist gets called off, so we're interviewing these guys, did they never go through with it? Because if they didn't, that would explain, you know, not being in prison or something, or maybe they were already in prison and then they got out. I don't know how long they would have been in there. Um, or they're still in prison, and it's just like a backdrop that they put behind them uh, to throw us off. So I was really excited for the notion that maybe this movie doesn't have the, the actual... There was no heist. Like, I think a lot of viewers would be very disappointed uh, in, in that aspect of things. But... I would have actually really, really loved that if that was really what happened. Uh, but then, so then we end up, we run, we run, run back, we walk it back, and uh, Evan Peters is pissed. Uh, his character, probably the driving force behind them committing the heist. On the other side, uh, Barry Keegan is now committed to not doing the heist. And they determine that they're going to do the heist the next day. So the heist is back on. Another title card, The Day of the Heist. So this is The Day of the Heist Part 2. And everything that transpires from that point on is terrifying. Uh, from the way that they subdue Anne Dowd's character, which is horrific and, and really affecting, to the escape with the books that goes poorly and never works out, to the getaway car, to the sort of basking in what happened element of it to trying to sell the book that they did get away with to to the ultimate capture and 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 
imprisonment of the four boys, it, it really does strike you because you look at other heist movies like um, Inside Man, where they get away with it, right? Or or Ocean's Eleven, where like, I mean, they get away with it. Obviously, there's sequels where that doesn't that kind of changes, but like by the end of the movie, they're scot free, and it, it just it's it's really kind of brings you down to earth that that's just, that's not really what happens in in real life and these guys are caught they made mistakes they you know they they left a trail fingerprints emails phone calls the whole nine and it it just it doesn't it doesn't work out and Oftentimes, things don't work out like that. And you kind of reach this point where you've been listening to these guys talk about the event and why they were doing it and what led to it. And it's true that the they, they kind of harp on this aspect that the point of the heist was not exactly to, like, get rich or, or to, you know, it, that wasn't really the fundamental reason they all got involved. Uh, as they add more people to their group, it was more about the excitement. It was more about the thrill. It was more about differentiating themselves from the rest of the people around them, from all the people in their lives, people that they never knew, and kind of elevating themselves in their own heads uh, to be more than just a person, you know, to be kind of something extraordinary, I think they use at one point. They, they want to be extraordinary. And... I, I I get that. That's a that's a good theme, and I, I like that aspect of the movie. I think that makes sense. I think we all want that feeling of of something that sets us apart. You know, um, for good or bad. You know, you want as much as you don't like. At least as much as I think a lot of people don't like the idea of being defined by one element or one thing that you've done. I do think that we all want to have something that sets us apart and for these guys it was a heist and uh, unfortunately it does not go well and they they end up in prison I think for about seven years each at least uh, they get out in like the early 2010s and now they've all kind of moved past it and have have done other things with their lives uh, whether that's going back to school or being a writer or, or something besides that but it, it was really I don't know it really got to me it all really worked it all came together uh, I think that this movie f- functions well on based you know with with using actors who aren't really that well known you know Barry Keegan is not a household name. Evan Peters is... Evan Peters and Ann Dowd are probably the only people in this movie that the average person would know or recognize. And uh, even that, they're still, like, far from A-list actors. And everyone is just on point in this movie. Leighton gets fantastic performances out of them. He knows how to make a documentary, and he uses that knowledge to subvert your expectations in this sort of half-fictionalized drama. 
so yeah I, I I'm a big fan uh it's it's one of my favorites of the year so far and I really hope it gets recognition come award season because it it deserves some you know maybe not as much as I've given it I don't know uh, it's got a 3.7 on letterboxd but I've seen reviews all over the place and um yeah I, I really enjoyed it it was really good it's good stuff it's good stuff so uh that's that's my review of American animals uh, I encourage you to go check it out it is not for everyone uh, the format especially but I do think it's um, it's worth seeing, but I guess if you've listened to this, there's a good chance you've already seen it, so, um, preaching to the choir. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to check out previous episodes or anything else related to the Circle of Film, you can go over to circleoffilm.com for that and much more. If you would like to get in touch with me, share your own opinion of American Animals, share with me a top movie list that you have, uh, or just anything at all, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Circle of Film or through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can do so for as little as eight cents a week. Eight cents um an episode, sorry, eight cents an episode at patreon.com slash circle of film. I want to thank you once more for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know. She'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.